the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. She'll be here. Lori Lee hasn't arrived yet, but she's on her way. I'm looking, I got I got Missy here and I've got Heather in here and we've got Elizabeth on the phone. Hi y'all. Elizabeth, how are you? Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I was talking about your car today. I was telling everybody it, it had some, you know, it's got some bumps and bruises. And I said, do you remember when you were a kid and you could buy that car that you put all the pieces of the car together and they snapped in and then you would roll it into the wall and it would explode? It you know? breaks all apart. And yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I said, that's Elizabeth, Elizabeth's Miata right now. And they're, and they're looking for the pieces so that they can replace the pieces right now. That's what they're working on. Build a car. Yeah, the pieces can't come in. They're not there. The pe- the parts that are in the shop, they can't get those parts. Everybody's all plugged up. But, you know, the heck of it, it wasn't even my fault. Somebody else did this to my car. That's the way it always works. It's always somebody else's. Works? I learned a valuable lesson uh, about uh uh, insurance and cars and stuff did you know that with if you're on private property and say that you back backwards and you bump each other you're both at fault I didn't know that. yes yes you're you're required to take care of any of the damage hmm. on your own because huh. look cops don't come and write a report about it so there's nothing there to say who's at fault or anything hmm. i tried you're to on private property you're break you're breaking up there. Uh whoop, we lost her. All right. She's working on it. I thought it was me. We're both grabbing our microphones yeah, going. She's, she's 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 working on it. Now I don't know if that's her calling back or if that's uh Lori saying that she's here and let her in. Okay, Lori's trying to get in the door. She's down she's downstairs in the cold beating on the door right now and asking Heidi and to please cold. open the door. There you go. Now we got I'm listening. This must be Elizabeth here. Is that you, Elizabeth? Yes, sir. Okay, yes, we sir. got. You. We're having issues this morning. Well, I'm, 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 I wasn't sure who was on the line there, whether it was you or Lori Lee, who's coming in to join us. But the bottom line sure. is, is that you, you know, you got, you've had problems uh, that a lot of people are having. And I was talking about uh, car insurance. Let's say you're in a parking lot of a, just say Wally World, and you're backing up. And then you don't see the other person backing up, and you both get rear ends, and you crack uh, your rear bumper and things of that nature. Nobody, the the insurance company, the cops don't come out and write a, a report or anything. So when that doesn't happen, everybody has got to take it and, and and do take care of their their own selves. And I was trying to explain that to a gentleman who who bumped into me over at uh, Baptist. And I said, oh, well, the, the reason I didn't ask for your your material on your uh, 
your car insurance is because I, I know that they weren't going to take it on. He says, well, that's beep. And I, <laughs> and I said, well, it might be, but it is the LAW. It's the law. And he Private says, property. well, I don't believe that. And I said, well, I, you know, there's people who don't believe that the world is round, but I was trying to be. Look, Heidi was sitting in the studio, and she knows I was being really nice to the guy, and and he started cussing at me, and I said, "Hey, no, don't go there, don't uh-uh, go there." And uh, and and then he apologized to me, and he he wanted my insurance company name, I, I and I gave it to him. I said, "I gave you my card." You're supposed to write all that down. Yeah. And and he says, well, I didn't get the name of the insurance. Well, that's the biggest thing that's on the car. <laughs> and you these know? days, you just whip your phone out and take a picture. Yeah, take and a take a picture and, and send it. Yeah, send it. But anyway, uh, he's in for a rude awakening. So well, they're going to tell, the tell early him hour, fix it. Yeah, the early hour has presented a challenge in even borrowing a car. We're not really wanting to pay for a rent car for me to come to Little Rock once a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't blame you. You know, that's the only thing I can't seem to manage here. But That's okay. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, we can still hear it's you. It's going to be pretty when it's fixed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll look brand new. See, that's what's going to happen anyway. I, well, we are having to have it painted. so that's, Well, you know, the it's going to look car. great then. It's going to look <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Just make sure whoever yeah. paints it is good at it. Mr. R.D. tells me the guy I'm using is the best. Well, Mr. Uh, R.D. Hopper with yep. Sunny's Auto Salvage. He takes care of that he's stuff. Taking care of me. Yep, he's yep. good at it. He's good at it. So I've got Heather sitting across from me, and I, I've got Missy sitting across from me. Yay! We've got. They have some audio that I'm going to get from them mm-hmm. sometime yep. in the beginning of the new year. I'm going to start playing this stuff. Yes. <laughs> if, if you go out. And I want you always to record any kind of sit down that you have because I want people to hear how you're treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as parents. Now, there's no reason for somebody, somebody who's being paid good money right. to take care of your child's education. And then when you question, they treat you like, you know, you're nothing. That's right. And yell and scream at you. It's not a matter you. of money. It's not a matter of it's money. It's a matter of we expect these people to take care of our children. They don't own our children, and that's how they're acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they I just you gonna. <laughs> I got some stuff that's coming, evidently, of a of a of a person in in a school. I'm not going to even. I'm going to talk that generic about it right now. Uh, that when I play it, I'm going to I'm going to demand on the air she be fired. Yeah. Just yeah, that's bottom line. Needs to be she needs to, it needs, oh, yeah. that needs to be yeah. resolved in a person being removed right. from their position. Right. It is that, it's that bad. I think their license needs to be removed. Yeah. I mean, so they it, can't go it's to that another bad. school. Mm-hmm. It is that. Yeah, I'm yeah. just telling you, when you hear it, you're going to, all of you are going to go, whoa. You know, I'm just yeah. saying it's, it's terrible. So how, uh, how are things going out in the hithers and dales of education, Missy? Um, <laughs> well, you know, we talked about that smart cloud data, right? right. And I, yeah, that's the last the time you were on. Mm-hmm, and I did get a reply, um, the human resource liaison for law or whatever for the school. I don't know. She ended up because I requested that they just use my son's name, pull up his data, send it to me. Um, and of course, you know, everything looks good. And they it is really a continuity program. It's so good, except 
these certain factors give your child a risk rating. Little okay? flags. A little flag. But the thing is, is that the school wholeheartedly, and I truly believe that they believe this, that it is not flagging them to be a potential risk to other children, even though I have audio of the creator of the program saying that it was, it's one of the benefits. Wow. But it's taking all these things. So like my son is military. You know, he's a military um, child or whatever. Right. And his risk factors too. And I think it's zero to 10. And so, you know, maybe because he's a military child, he's a two, but he's never had any corrective behaviors. He's got straight A's and, you know, he should be a zero in my eyes. But I think they take things because, you know, military kids can have a hard life when they're moving from school to school to school. And you go from somewhere like Virginia, you know, to Arkansas. Yeah. There's some differences. (laughs) They're going to fail pretty big, you know, because it's a totally different curriculum. And so I think maybe that's what they're doing, but I'm still kind of wondering why it's listed under a federal program under the ESSER program. Does that mean the federal government can request that data at any time or just look at it? And do they, does the school realize that or know what to do with the data? Let's say it does pop up that a kid's at risk of harming other kids. Because they're completely dumbfounded right now to even understand that that could happen. So, right. you know, that's kind of what I was looking at. And I, I didn't know how to reply to the school because they did keep coming back. She gave me all the information and she's like, really, we are not trying to, you know, profile your kid mm-hmm. that they're going to be a danger. Be. But yeah. it is. That's yeah. the key. The it key is, is it's not supposed to. Look. The Patriot Act isn't supposed to go after an, Amer- an American uh, but citizen, they but they do. Yeah. yeah, That's the problem. Yeah. People so in power we need answers. have been known to abuse their power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the I only like thing it. that I found so far. And I am going to send him the video of the actual creator who's from here in Arkansas. Brilliant guy, you know, but does he know that the, the consequences, you yeah. know? Patriot Act sounded good. Um, Just continuity. So you know how kids would have a counseling folder and an education folder with their grades. This one takes everything and puts it all into one data system. So they know the demographic of the child, you know, their grade average, how many days they've missed. It's all computed in this data. Then you or a teacher or whoever's you actually have to be qualified to access the data, which is good. It is protected, but you can pull it up to see um, quickly with just a tap of, you know, an enter button in the student's ID number. Find out any information about the child at a moment's notice instead of running to the counselor, you know, having them look up a file, you know, adding all their grades together over the past 10 years. So it really is a Mm -hmm. great system. Except How long has it been in place? It just started on October 1st. I just happened to stumble ah. across it when I was deep diving the Department of Education. Okay, so that was Act 744. Is that the one that you're no, talking about? No, so yes, Act yep. 744 does not talk about the data system. Right. But that's what they choose to implement, Act 744, as a community. Yeah. The Community Act, Community School Act. Now, here's what's interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, but from when the last time we talked about this, I, I thought I heard that a great majority of our elected officials had no idea this even exists. No, they didn't know it was implemented because of Act 744. Yeah. None of them. Senator Senator Irvin from Faulkner County, Missy Irvin, is the sponsor. Have you asked her what it actually is all about? Um, I did reach, reach out to her? her, but I never got a response. So 
Dave might mm-hmm. have to call her. I can do that, and, and you know, Missy will come on the show. There's yeah. no problem about it. And I'm, I, I would think that she has no ill will against your children. However, I don't think she knows either, Dave. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm Maybe you don't know what's going on exactly. Yeah. All right, stay where, where you're at. Do not move, Elizabeth. We're playing. We're playing. We're playing freeze playing tag right phone. now. Okay, you're frozen. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Uh, Heather is here. Missy is here. Lori Lee's supposed to be coming. She told me she was going to be here, so we're waiting for her. I'm going to text her during the break, and uh, we'll talk to her about that. Don't forget about David Lucas Financial. He wants you to know he knows it's a tough time out there right now. It's a time of uncertainty. You might be uh, a little bit nervous. Do not be afraid is you can protect yourself, all right? Bible tells us don't be afraid. And uh, you know, you know, depend on the people you're supposed to be uh, depending on. Uh, but if you're worried about out of control government spending, if you're worried about inflation continuing to go up and I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, uh political unrest and uh, you know, the whole thing dealing with the decline of the U.S. dollar, you probably want to put some money into gold and silver, but that's a little bit different than just being an IRA or, a, you know, a 401k or whatever. You need to know exactly what you're doing, and David Lucas Financial can help you with that. Uh, learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets and your hard-earned savings by calling 501 222 uh, 15. Uh, David Lucas works with one of the only regulated and licensed uh, national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, again, here's the number to call 501 222 Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas uh, Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, a uh, Tuesday morning, T-minus three and counting. <laughs> All right. Uh, Christmas Eve, Friday night, the jolly man in his red suit with the beard will make his uh, way across the United States and the world uh, late Friday, early Saturday. So when your kids run out of their bedrooms and into the living room, there will be some toys there for them. And if there's a problem with that, call a local church in the area and they'll make sure that uh, your child has some things uh, under the Christmas tree. Call New Life Church in Cabot. We'll make sure of it if, if it's nece- if that's necessary. We had our Christmas uh, mall uh, a few weeks ago, and this is where uh, we vet the, the, the parents that come to us and make sure that what they're saying is truthful and it they set up we set up the sanctuary move all the chairs out and we set it up and it looks like a big shopping mall cool. and the kids uh, the parents can go in and pick the toys that their kids are wanting now uh, there's people who fill in the gaps uh, I, i'm not one of them i don't have that kind of money but some people do and uh, for the older kids that want playstations and stuff like that I've seen PlayStations go out of that place oh, wow. to make sure that the kids have that 
that type of thing. That's what a church is for. Yeah, yeah. without government assistance. That's right. All right, without government assistance. That, that's why I support the Dorcas House. A lot of people, Dave, why did you support that? Are you that big into, you know, women beating, beating stuff? Well, yeah, I am big into that kind of stuff uh, because it's so anti-Christian not to be into that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, Ephesians is very clear about how a husband's to treat his wife and how a wife is to treat her husband. But uh, the thing that I I want to make sure is that uh, our church is involved with people in our community. Yep. You know, a helping hand sometimes is the best testimony that you can give a person. That's right. That's the role of the church in the community. That yeah, and, and it's been church. taken away from the church, and, mm-hmm. you know, and the church has allowed it to be taken away. Right, and that's why they were that were tax exempt because they were the welfare system of the of the entire community, right. and right. they need to get back into that role. So they stop treating churches like they can't be political and they can't do this because hey, they're supporting the community, they're feeding the hungry, yep. you know. And we're going to churches tell our- gave over three hundred billion dollars last year to the poor. Yeah, just for just for people's yeah. edification there. Yeah, big. You know, it's done on purpose. The Democrats worship the government. The, yeah, of the course, government yes. is their god, and that's right. why they are pushing you know churches right. and God out of our society and culture, so that we can do it their way. Bigger government. <laughs> yeah. I can I can tell you stories about that. We might tell stories about that in the future here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm just telling you, 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 you can't miss a, a day of this show. I know they've cut me back to just two hours because, in, in all honesty, you know, you got to they got to make a certain amount of money to be able to pay the nut on this place. <laughs> so you know that's kind of why they what they did. We have uh, the show that comes on after my show is a paid program it's mm. it's it's it it says that it's a paid program we don't National make any program yeah we don't make yeah. any kind of uh you know excuses for it but uh you know let's be we'll be honest here you know uh, the, the morning show makes more money than any of the other shows okay we know that but the bottom line is that we need more mm-hmm. yeah it's key and that's why as a business person we need your help Always, always. So I talk about that every so often. I'll get off of it now. Uh, but we're going to come back at the beginning of the year, and uh, maybe uh, the next time you all are on, we'll see if we can't get some audio. Yes. Very, Huffling. very entertaining and yeah. excellent yeah. audio that uh, you'll want to hear. Didn't delete it. Did you yeah. guys see uh, Rittenhouse yesterday? He was at uh, Turning Point USA. I didn't. You could see it. It was a great interview. He sat down, talked to uh, Kirk, um, and um, they talked about what it was like going through that trial and everything. And he said two thirds of the way through, he could tell that the prosecution was trying to get the judge to declare a mistrial because he was being so obnoxious. Yeah, and knew, and they knew that uh, they were trying to do that. Because it's pretty hard to say, see not. <laughs> yeah, they wanted. Did they not want the data out? Like well, the they, information? Yeah, they they didn't want to lose the case, mm-hmm. and they were losing completely. The minute very, they had all that video, you didn't even need anyone to talk. You watch what happened on yeah. a video, right? He was he was innocent. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you got and, somebody and trying to take your gun from you. The videos. Go ahead. 
Well, the videos told the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the fact that the FBI withheld the aerial video and then the altered video. I mean, really? They actually thought they could get away with that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. in today's world with everybody knowing and looking and watching. That's what appalls me. Well, they still pull these kinds of stunts with the whole world watching and they have the the gall to think they're going to get away with it, I guess. Well, let's be honest. I mean, you and I have been in, in journalism for a long time. I was in it for years and years, and then I went into talk because I got tired of getting my story spiked. So I, I went into talk so I could go ahead and, and give you know more in-depth reporting that, uh, that I'm, I get. People trust me, and they bring stories to me. And uh, it's, it's interesting because... There's a book out. I'd highly recommend that you get it and read it. It's called All That Glitters Isn't Gold. Yeah. It's a book that came out, I think, in the 90s. And <coughs> they talked about gaslighting then. All right. Because, for instance, there was, back in that time, there was a huge flood in Phoenix. <coughs> Excuse me. And they, they were showing, looked like the city was underwater. That was one intersection in the mm-hmm. whole city. Huh. In the they, whole city. They've been doing that on the oh, East yeah, Coast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's all, oh, it is oh, all no. gaslighting. Yeah. They are telling you here's what's happening, and it's not. We'll talk more about it when we come back. Let's get some news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. Don't forget about East End Towing. If you're on the side of the road, you don't want to have to take that time to go Google a towing uh, company to come get your car if you need to be taken off the road. Uh, use East End Towing. I'm just going to tell you right now, they'll do it right. They they understand all the ins and outs of towing, like private property tows and all of that. You know, what happens to your car? To your How about if you're towing your boat or your camper or you get a truck? I mean, there's all different kinds of scenarios there. That means that there's all kinds of decisions that got to be made. Make sure that the right decision is being made by a company that that uh, understands towing, that belongs to the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board, that's licensed and insured, and that every one of their trucks is permitted. Call East End Towing. Put their number in your phone. Seriously, put them in your phone so you're not looking for them and trying, well, who did Dave say that I was... Uh, don't do it that way. Put the phone number in your phone. Just put towing. You don't need to remember East End towing. Just put towing in there. Uh, 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. That way, if you got towing or the hook or whatever, you, you, you're identifying it, you know that it's going to end up at East End towing. Keep that in mind. Okay, we'll have uh, more for you here in a moment uh, from uh, uh, Pat Davis. I got some stuff to tell you about him as well. But we've got the uh, female power panel in this morning. Morning. Uh, sitting across here. Heather's here and Missy's here and Elizabeth is here. Lori Lee was going to be here, but something must have come up. It's not like her not to show when she's told me that she's coming. Uh, and I wanted to come on and talk about the scholarship that was getting get ready to go into uh, specifics. So we got to wait to try to get that set up. And uh, 
Missy Irvin is the state uh, senator who put some of this legislation together. What were the what were the acts? It was Act Seven Forty Four and Act Six Eighty Four. Okay, I will. I'm going to call her during the uh, about forty five segment and see if she won't come on the air. Okay. Sure, she will, and and talk about it next Tuesday. Okay, and be with you guys because you like guys to know, know what more they know. about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when did you forget you knew it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's my well, old and where did it come from uh, you see, know, where did she first find out about it and why did she bring that bill forward i've not really heard of these issues before we started talking about the bill so it wasn't in the news well yeah. and the bill doesn't specifically right and the community school doesn't talk about what to employ it just says what needs to be done so right. they probably have no mm-hmm. idea the department of education brought this guy in and said, "Hey, Maybe. this is a great dashboard. Let's start using it." Right. Yeah. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get uh, get Missy on and talk to to her about it, and we'll see if the gentleman who put this this whole uh, program together, he's here in Arkansas somewhere. We're gonna find him, and we'll see if he does not come on and talk about it mm-hmm. as well. You know me. I'll, I'll get. I'll try to get the people on yeah. that are the final say on this. Yeah, I just uh, need to. To be able hunt to him down because it looks like the com- the company is now out of Indiana, Hughes Education. But yeah, you know, in his videos, he says he's from Arkansas. Okay, well, we'll we'll uh, take a look, and I I know enough people still in Indiana that I can track him down like the rabbit dog he is. No, I'm just that's an old saying. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just he's a really good guy. Like if you listen just to his a story, joke. Yes, you know, people have to get a sense of humor again. But anyway, uh, I wanted to go back and, and, again, address this whole thing of gaslighting because it goes on far too often now here in our country. Gaslighting is when somebody is caught doing something and they have said they believe this, 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 and this, and you got it on tape or, you've, or you got it on video, mm-hmm. and then you'll show it and they'll say, I didn't say that. Didn't yeah. do that. You're losing your mind. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll you tell you. Me or you're lying. All right. Yeah. You do know? you really believe what you're seeing? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And it goes on. Um, the Democrats use it all the time. Right. I, I call it projection. You'll hear yeah. me say this all the time. They'll they'll say something about the Republicans and they're doing this, blah blah blah. And the Repu- here here's a good way. Uh, let Invariably, me they're doing it. <laughs> the Republicans are the party who want to defund the police. Yeah, right. They'll say that. Now, if you follow the story at all, you know that is a flat-out lie. Right. But they'll say it, and they're the one who really says it. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're the one doing it. Or they'll call you a fascist when they're the ones that's the fascist. Right. (laughs) But i got to tell you, you know anybody. Black Lives Matter do that all the time. Uh Right. Sure, sure. But when you, you know, we watch different sources of news and we look at different things and we talk about the issues conservatives do. I, like I say, I've had some encounters with an acquaintance from work from years ago who is a staunch, staunch leftist. It still blows my mind when he looks at me and says, "I, I don't know any different. He listens and watches nothing but CNN. Yeah. And talk about gaslighting. You don't even know that any of this other stuff is going on. They never mention it. Right. So if you're not seeing anything but CNN, 
you don't even have a clue. Right. And it astounds me that they are so uninformed on every level. It's like you, you must go around with your hands over your eyes and your ears on a daily basis to continue to make yourself believe all the gaslighting. Right. What has happened to critical thinking? Well, it's not allowed. Uh, So this whole thing that is coming up now, and this is an old scientist came out and he said, the ultimate science is questioning science. Yeah, Yeah, sure. And now if you say anything that has any, that does not have a reviewed, Right. right? Um, document or it's never been reviewed by a scientist or a teacher, or someone with a PhD behind their name, they tell you, well, I can't believe that data. It's right. not been peer reviewed. And you're oh, like, no, somebody they agree with. Exactly. With the PhD yep. Behind their name. Yeah. Exactly. One of their and, selected experts. And you don't need to <laughs> be an expert. Way, you don't need to be an see, expert. That's the way global warming works. Right. If mm-hmm. you, through your questioning of the way that they've come to their particular uh, thought, if you question the person who is a leftist, they won't, and, and they know that you're not a hardcore leftist, they don't accept anything that you say. No, they just right. shut you off. Or they call you, you hate the, you hate the world, you hate the oh, globe, yeah. Yeah. you don't, right. you know, you want everything bad. They start calling you names. Um, but they the, usually I, go back to calling you a racist. Even exactly, and that's what I was going to say. The ultimate <laughs> gaslighting when I started educating my kids was learning why, um, understanding the Republicans steal. Yeah. Still are for freedom of black, white, everybody. And it's the Democrats. And I still I cannot wrap my head around and how any black person could follow the Democrat Party. But that's the ultimate gla- gaslighting because you oh, talk yeah. to a Democrat and they're like, there was a platform change. That's what they all that's what say. They say. The Republicans became the Democrats. Right. The de- Democrats became the Republicans. Oh, well, I'm sorry. That never yeah, a they'll say it, it all changed under Nixon. Yeah. That's was, what they'll say in the early 70s. It was and it was during Martin Luther King Jr. You know, something they teach these kids in the school. Yep. And they go up think they grew up thinking, oh, Republicans are bad. Because Republicans you have people had the Jim like Crow. the Republicans woman did all that the I bad. dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go into details. But those are the type of people who are educating your children. And they're the ones that are telling you that the Republicans are fascist, racist bigots. Yes. So, and, it's, you know? and they believe it, and they'll yes. scream it at you yes, from the top will. of the mountain. They will. Well, that's like thinking that civil rights only began with LBJ. Right. Yes. Because he he helped pass the civil rights bill. Yeah. Yeah, no, but he it, it was, it was the Republicans yeah. who voted, all voted all for. voted, and yeah. none of the Democrats That's did. correct. Yep. Yeah, well, I there know. were a couple, but I mean, just bottom yeah. line, it was a Republican-led event, and that the man who was pushing it, only did so because JFK was so loved right. as a president and JFK believed in civil rights. And LBJ got on that bandwagon mm-hmm. because LBJ shot down civil rights legislation yes. during the Eisenhower mm-hmm. hour. Uh, but nobody knows yeah. any of that. No, they don't know comment. any of that history. Do you remember the comment that LBJ? Oh, yeah. 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 I can't say it on the air. Yeah. But yes. Uh, but, you know, and, and you, uh, when you just The read, worst one is what Sam Irvin said. Which one was that? Uh, well, I can't, can't say it on here. <laughs> well, let's look him up when we're on air. He used the N word. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So did LBJ. Yeah. Yep. You know, and and you just think, oh, how easily the media manipulated. Yes, Absolutely. they did everything. Yeah, they erased data, so we would never know the truth. Right. Yeah. Well, you sure don't teach it. Don't no, they don't teach it, and I teach my kids still, even if they start to believe the lies that they hear through social media. 
go to the source. Right. Do you go to the source? And you got to go before this happened. Yeah. Like I don't do any research on anything coronavirus related. Yeah. Pre twenty nine or after twenty nineteen. I want to know what happened before that. Right. Tell me these diseases. Tell me you know like medicines or therapeutics or whatever because it has been whitewashed. Right. That's something my dad has always taught me. He always said, question everything. Oh, yeah. Even when it's just hands of God. That's what we taught my, you know, when whatever I tell you, question it. Figure it out. Yeah. Okay. What were you going to say, Elizabeth? Then we got to get a break. You got to check your sources as well because we all know the left likes to plant the story Mm -hmm. and point at the story and say, those are the facts. Right. You've got to check your sources. All right. You know, and anymore, that's hard to do. All right, got to take a break. I need to tell everybody about Pat Davis and how he can save them money. I like telling you how to save money. So here is a great way to save money. Talk to Pat Davis. Let him devise your health care insurance for you. Uh, 501-605-6935. He'll save you 30 to 50% on your health uh, insurance. He'll make sure that it's any one of the health insurance companies out there that uh, is available to you anywhere in the United States. You'll have no co-pays. It all will come down to saving you money and letting you have a way to get the care you want for your health. That's Pat Davis. Call him today. Uh, I know it's the holidays. But what better way to celebrate than maybe next year you're saving, uh, you know, say 50% on your health insurance and you're paying five $6,000 in the course of a year. Suddenly you got 2500 other dollars you're going to have next year free uh, to be used by you. Uh, 501-605-6935 or go online and talk to Pat, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you. Hey, I went brain dead during the uh, the break. Uh, Elizabeth, help me out. Who was who was the president of the United States at the turn of the twentieth uh, century? Who brought us the income oh my tax? Gosh. In- uh, don't Wilson, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. There it is. Thank you very much. That's who it was. Search. You know, here's the, here's the story. A lot of people don't know about Woodrow Wilson. He had a stroke while he was in office. He yep. was, and they he, did all that. He was in a, he was in a coma and they've got, they've, they now have the information and the proof that it was his wife who was running that was signing all that really? legislation. Yes. <laughs> He's the guy who gave us the income tax. He's the ultimate yeah, gaslight. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Okay. Wow. So anyway, I want to send a, uh, a text to Missy and Irvin, and I just said it to Missy. If you happen to get it, Missy. Oh, you sent it to yeah, me. Yeah, it came to you. I forgot to send it to Missy Irvin. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm sending that to the state senator again. So yeah. she'll she'll get it. We're hoping to have her on uh, next Tuesday to talk about these couple of pieces of legislation well, yeah. that there's some, some questions, questions about. Yeah, just some clarification. Nothing. It's not a. But it's not an ambush or anything like right. that. And I've never done that. Yeah. As a, I may have a question that I want to get answered when I was in uh, news, and I would work questions till I could get to that question. Yeah. Right. You know, because that was the important question right. to have answered. And 
here's how politicians and other news uh, makers answer questions. You'll ask them a question, they won't answer it. So you answer it again in a way that cuts their their direction by a half. And you keep you play ping pong with them. And you go back and forth and back until it gets to the yep. point where they're just vibrating because there's nowhere else to go <laughs> they gotta but answer to answer it. the question. Yeah. And, uh, oh, day. Hey, that's you, Go ahead. Well, this technique that you're talking about, did you see Senator um, Kennedy from Louisiana? I love Senator Kennedy. Recent, he, he has, I've seen three clips where he has asked the same question. Yes, he did. Numerous times. Seven times he asked that lady. Coming back with the same question. I hear what you just said, but I want to know what you think. I want this answered. I want this answered. Well, they're I notorious the about when you ask them that. a question of them not answering the question, but answering what they want to say to you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then you've got to say, well, that's nice. However, I asked, mm-hmm. and then you go back and you restate the question to them. That's objective journalism. That's what these people yep. are supposed to be doing. They're not supposed to be doing advocacy journalism, which is trying to lead the person to give them the lead to their story that they right. want to file. Yep. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, it started during the Watergate hearings, and it has only gotten worse. That's that's the I way it is. I love the way Kennedy just nails them. I don't, you know. No, I love asking him. Question. He just keeps asking and asking and asking. Well, and that's, what those, like that's what those. That's what those. Answering. That's what those uh, meetings are for, is to get direct answers from <laughs> the politician who's up for a particular, uh, you know, role in the government. I mean, they just let this one lady in. And they know that she's a communist. Oh, yeah. But she dropped out, right? Because they finally, I mean, they got her. Yeah, she she finally got out. No. And then they said there's actually a senator. They paraded around that they're communists. They don't know. Oh, that was Blumenthal a few days ago. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I didn't know what I was doing when I spoke for the Communist Party. Yeah, that's incredible. That yeah. was two. They announced three people who were going to get an award. He was one of them. And he walked up to the front, and the first two is like, Comrade, blah, 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 did this. Yeah. And, you know, and you don't know that you're sitting there amongst a bunch of red stooges? Come on. <laughs> what well, a clown because, show. And think about it. Doesn't matter to them that they're red stooges. They're right at home with their buddies. And they're see? getting money. On the side. Yeah, and they're getting money until they got caught, and then it's, oh, I didn't know. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Blumenthal, and I didn't call him Senator. If you didn't know, then you're incompetent, and you don't need to be in the job. Well, one or the other, he's the guy who, he he lied about his service in Vietnam and everything. Exactly. I mean, let's let's be honest about Blumenthal. He's a clown. I mean, he puts on all the makeup and the red nose and the big shoes. (laughs) Whenever he steps up to the microphone, because he's lying his butt off. Yeah. Oh, they all are. Well, we need to all be vigilant. And Plus, make he's sure from the we're east. For the- <laughs> I don't trust any of them up in the east. I don't see how they have their state models, you know? I mean, look, New Hampshire, live free or die. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. They don't know what it means. Well, no. they, sh- they sure don't know what live free means. No. They don't. 
And uh, there's a lot of you that are sitting out there who don't understand that whole thing. That means somebody can make up their mind and it's not the same as yours. Mm-mm. We, we don't have group thing going on. Right. Not supposed to. Well, you know, that's the biggest thing in college that they talk about, that, that we're so individualistic. These Republicans want freedom, individual freedom that you're, you're not understanding, you know, the, the corporate pr- the corp- or the problems of societies in America because we're so individualistic when it comes to freedom. And I'm like, no, you don't realize once we have our individual freedom that we will not give up for anything. It benefits people who don't even realize they need that freedom. We are a republic. Yes. <laughs> That's the whole thing. That's the thing. We're get, a republic. Yes. I get tired of people saying that we our <laughs> democracy is us. dying. And there's we no are such a thing. It is a republic. It there's was not any time. The, found, the U.S. is yep. The founding democracy. fathers did not trust the mob. Nope. That's right. And that is what democracy so. is. is. Yes. The dom- democracy yep. is the mob. That is 51 versus 50. It's, it's two wolves arguing over a sheep. Yep. Yep. That's, That's exactly right. what it is. And if they have one more than you, your dinner. That's mm-hmm. right. That's what's going on. You got to keep that. In, you got to keep that in mind. Oh, we need yeah. we need government and U.S. history taught every oh, single well, year in school. Let's, let's look they at don't. that. Let's do we that got, legislation. We got, we got, let's look at a a argument we've heard over the last two days about Mansion. Oh, I was just if you'd at follow that. what yeah. if we allow Senator Manch, Manchin to vote against this bill, democracy will die. Yep. No, his voting against the bill is the Republican form of democracy we've chosen right. in action. That's right. Right. That's, That's right. exactly what that is. And, uh, th- th- and if you don't understand that, uh, go see the commissar. Okay? <laughs> yeah. He'll set you straight. And that's getting easier every day. Yeah. Yep. Fine, ma'am. It's amazing. They're, they're there. And it's coming right it out is. of the Biden administration. And Biden is yet to say whether he had anything to do with what Saki said about Manchin when he came out and said he wouldn't vote for that stuff. And because he he's not. You know, what that's what I'm is. saying. He probably didn't know what she said because the people who are running the White House told her what to say. Yep. And yep. told. And told uh, the president, sit down and just shut up. Yep. Got and his little calling cards to, to talk off of, if he can remember to bring them. No, they may give him a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Anyway. Ice cream. No, ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> That's a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> Heather, have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas Missy, to you. Harry, too. Uh, a Harry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Have a Merry Christmas, and I'll see you next Tuesday. You too, Elizabeth. Merry I'll see you next Elizabeth. Tuesday, all right? Yes. Merry Christmas. All right. We'll be back. Bible guys are up in just a moment. Come around when times ring out that it's Christmas morn again. Peace on earth will come to all if we just follow the light. So let's give thanks to the Lord above, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. music and not just secular music for christmas <laughs> anyway uh, you i know. like it when dave goes spiritual yeah well 
I, I, I share how I feel. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. when you listen to my show, you're getting what you're getting the, the lowdown from deep in my heart. I'll Amen. tell you, it's the way I was brought up and the way that through my studies that I've I've come to believe these gentlemen have been very influ- uh, influential in my spiritual beliefs as well. And uh, I don't I don't see how the Christian church defends some of the things that they've done. Mm. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that hurts to hear that, okay? It hurts to hear that. Look, I went to seminary or cemetery, whichever way you look at <laughs> and uh And, and it, it's tough to know, and I talked about this, about gaslighting mm-hmm. in, the, in the last hour. In seminary, I was gaslighted. There's really? no doubt about it, mm. you know? You know, yeah, we believe that, and they really don't. Yeah. It's that mm-hmm. simple. So let's go to the first question because the first question ref- refers to a question that we were heard uh, we heard about last um, um, week. I got to pull it up here. I've got it someplace. There it is. Oh, there. Wow, you got somebody upset, Steve. <laughs> Uh, I am resending. That's a rare. This is this is all in caps. All right. I am resending just in case you didn't get this from earlier last week. Thanks. I did. I asked a question because it's the answer that you're upset about. So now it's not in caps. Okay. Wow. I did not expect that answer. Pastor Steve sees very little redeeming qualities in the celebration of Christmas. I'm a bit surprised at his answer. Does <laughs> Billy think the same thing? I would really like to hear what Dr. Stewart thinks about this. I'm mm. taking you to the woodshed, buddy. <laughs> uh, does he agree with Steve? He didn't even capitalize your name. <laughs> can, <laughs> can he find any redeeming quality in Christmas? Believe me, I'll be listening to next week's show. Thank you. All right, so... We, I forget what the heck you said that was. <laughs> I don't know. That rock and roll yeah. it so badly. So we were we were discussing the fact that compared to celebrating tabernacles, um, there's not a lot that Christmas adds. While it does take a whole lot away, and and your your answer with I don't see a lot there was in that context, and, and obviously that answer is out of context in this this uh, email. But um, yeah, that was that was the context of that particular conversation. So. Well, I I remember the, the Steve saying that I think there's something about about uh, redeeming qualities in Christmas. I remember Steve saying something like not a lot, and then he went on to explain. Uh, but maybe well, the, here's that one what, phrase threw somebody off. Well, here's what I'll say about how people uh, in modern times celebrate Christmas, and I would even include. Um, when when Christmas was really Christmas, right? Right. Because today Christmas is not Christmas how it was celebrated thirty, forty years ago. It's right? secular Christmas. It is completely yeah. secular. <clears throat> which I would argue it was then too, they just didn't know. Um, but it's more so now. It's more so yeah. now. Right. <clears throat> so I would say here's what's redeemable about the season. There are a lot of good things that happen. There are a lot of good ministries, mm-hmm. Toys for Tots, right? The Salvation Army. There's a lot of good things that are done. They were more. They were done more so in the name of Christ more years ago, right? And all that's been lost. So I would say that would for be... For the most part. For the I'm, most part. I'm, gonna, right. I'm, gonna, I'm going to defend my church, all yeah. right? right? New Life Church 
keeps Christ in their what they do in their community. Right. Yeah. They want yeah. people to know we did this not because of Santa Claus. We did this because Christ loves you. Yeah. Right. And so I would say that those are the redeemable things of the fact that people celebrate Jesus's birthday on December 25th. <clears throat> That's about all I would say that is redeemable about it. Okay. Cause then it, then it comes down to, if you want to know how I view these things, I am a man of truth. Right. So I cannot say it, it will go against my DNA to say happy birthday to Jesus on December 25th because it's not his birthday. Right. And, and, and let me jump in here because I want to defend you as well some. Right. There are people who believe correct that yeah. Christmas is the birthday of Jesus. I, I had forgotten that some people have that belief. Right. And I happened to be having lunch with a group of people, to be honest, and I started talking about, well, we know that December 25th is not the birthday of Jesus Christ. Right. It didn't happen then because we can look at the time because what – what they, how they set it up in in the Bible and what they're telling us. And there was one individual that it was as if I took their favorite balloon <laughs> and stuck a pin in it. Yep. And, it and it didn't go, it went, pow! <laughs> All right? And they really attacked me for it. Yeah. And, and the other reason I would get somewhat animated during this time is because Many, and if you were to bring that up, they would go, well, that's when we celebrate it. Okay. Well, then just flip your anniversary around, flip your birthday around, flip your name around. Let's just change everything yeah. just because it's what you want to do. And then, oh, by the way, when you go to church Sunday, go and listen to a sermon about how the Pharisees followed their traditions right. over the word of God, right? Then, so that's why I, I take exception with people who would get very animated about wanting to keep their traditions. Yeah. And I find more value when I begin to learn something. If I learn something that is true, then I absolutely change on a military turn, right? It will be about face. I learn the truth. I'm done with whatever it is that I thought I believed. If there's ambiguity in something, then I'll say there's ambiguity in it. But truth is truth to me. And I don't, I don't defend any tradition, any denomination or nothing. I never have, never will. And I will not defend Christmas is his birthday, but I will say what I said at the beginning is there are some good things that happen during this season. But as I said to one of the guys at the church on Saturday, I said, what we need to do is to really show people. So when we come around the tabernacles again, I said, we need to make more of an effort than we have other than just talking about that's the likely time of his birth, 90, probably 5% probable. Let's start singing O Holy Night on the first night of Tabernacles, right? Let's start singing these things. Silent Night. Silent Night, right. All of those things and bring some of the good traditions that are in traditional church today, traditional December 25th Christmas, and replant it back to where it was supposed to be. Because when you do those things, it takes away from him, right? It's why all three of us here in this room do what we do, right? Yep. We, we, you know, I can say this, that these guys are the same mentality, right? When you learn something, we're not going to defend tradition. And so I can't defend it, and I'm not going to continue to push something that I know is not true just for your sensibilities and make you feel good about yourself. I'm just not. I'm going to tell you the truth. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm better than I used to be. Because you do of, it a lot more in love now. Well, yeah, I do. But in, in the past, <laughs> I would just tell you. 
<laughs> you know, you're stupid. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, I'm sorry. You're offended. I thought you already knew. I'm not right. saying I've had Steve. Steve look at me and go, you know, that's stupid, right? <laughs> but right. I, um, I might have been sitting around a <laughs> table on occasion too, where right. he went, "Hey, stupid, uh, why don't you look at this?" So, so. <clears throat> that's how I'd say it. But I'm now that I know what I know about tabernacles and the birth of G- Jesus Yeshua, I'm going to put it in that context. I'm going right. to celebrate it in that context. That's who I am. All right. I can't I'm, do anything. I'm going to hold that. Scott to the very end. All right. He'll clean it up. No, no, no he's not going to clean it up. He's going to speak the truth, too. I will. Billy, your thoughts, because they bring you up in this question. Yeah, they did. Uh, and, and that's fine. Uh, I've got pretty thick skin. So um, here's my problem with December 25th. Um, that was a that was an intentional um, moving of, of the date mm-hmm. of the Messiah's birth and it was done in an effort to appease uh, a world that did not believe, a pagan world that did not believe in Christ. And by doing this, it actually hurts the witness of Christ. Um, December 25th is uh, a, a date that gets reused throughout pagan history over and over and over for the birth of a sun god, um, Mithra being right at the top of that list. So when you take Yeshua and stick him on as the son of God and stick him on the 25th, you muddy the waters of what Messiah actually is. And someone who's on the outside and is educated, go, oh, he's just another son. He's just a rebirth of, of Mithra, then just another legend. Um, you, you diminish the witness of Christ by sticking him on the same date uh, as all these other sun gods, pagan sun gods throughout history. I, that That is probably the thing that bothers me the most about Christmas. Now, I will tell you, I also am headed to have Christmas dinner with my family, uh, my, my family of origin, my parents and, and brothers. Uh, I think maybe my sister's coming. I don't know. Uh, but, we, you know, I still we still do those things. Mm-hmm. We still get together. We still redeem the time with family. Yep. But I'm, there's no tree in my house. There, there aren't tinsels hanging from a tree somewhere. We, just, we don't do that part because that is not the redeemable part of Christmas. So. All right. Then let me move over to Scott. Scott yeah. is the head pastor of agape church mm. he is uh <clears throat> got a bunch of normal christian folk normal i'm just putting you know that hold you know traditional sure. beliefs sure. and then at the same time he is trying to teach the the hebrew truth mm-hmm. of what uh you know christmas really is supposed to be about he does this as far as Easter is controlled as well. Sure. The question is, you walk a thin edge. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> thank, God for, thank God for the Holy Ghost. But yeah, well, um, with people who are who are extremely traditional and accept um, pretty much church history, our church tradition, um, if, you, if you love the Word of God, like Steve was saying, when you see what the Word says, then you make that shift into into truth now we all we all believe that jesus was obviously born and we believe that his birth should be celebrated and should and we should rejoice in it um and um you know if there's anything redeemable from uh the holiday like uh you know like steve said moving it back moving it to the feast of tabernacles which is roughly september october time you know we know that god used the heavens to celebrate his son's birth he put mm-hmm. a star in the sky he used angels singing singing songs about his son's birth so can we celebrate with uh, the same iconology or symbolism that god used well of course so it can't, it can't be wrong 
but you know, I, I put up a, one year. I put up a um, a crash scene or a major scene. I had I had people on the messianic side and criticizing me, saying, "Well, pagans have used uh, manger scenes for their stuff before." Well, excuse me, God used a manger right. to bring forth the Messiah. So you you can find something wrong yeah. in yep. everything. But if God used uh, wise men to bring gifts, then that can't be wrong. If he used shepherds to come in and and uh, and at the, at the singing of an angel, then that can't be wrong. So you can use all these redeemable, redeemable things about the holiday. But when you start bringing stuff in from the outside that you can't find in the Scripture, then you get, as Steve was saying, as you were saying, saying, saying Dave, the the commercialism, the secularism, the or Bill, as Billy was saying, the paganism coming in takes now, over. Yeah. Now, as far as redeeming things, I think that this time of year is people more people on the planet are thinking about Jesus than any other mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. So we can use this time as a platform to reach people for mm-hmm. Jesus. But if we spend our time uh you know d- denigrating the time, fighting th- over then, the time. Then, then then we then we more or less we erode our opportunity. And let's not forget when Paul went to Athens, mm-hmm. remember what he did? He found an idol. Right. He found a statue, a pagan statue to an unknown God and said, hey, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to preach the gospel. Yeah, because you know the and, rest of these gods you're worshiping aren't real gods. Yeah. Right. So he preaches the gospel based <laughs> off of, of, a, of a monument built there that nobody knew what it was about. So we should, we should use this opportunity to bring the gospel to people who are already mindful of roughly what this time is about. And not and not squander this opportunity. So when we come back, and I'm 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 going to tell Heidi uh, we're going to replay this hour, all right, before we get to Christmas, because I I want you to understand some of the things that you do that you think are true are not right, and right. And, and it's important that you understand it. Twenty after seven, let's get a break <coughs> in. Don't forget about PI roofing; they're going to fix up your uh, your roof for you. All you got to do is call them, 707-3551. I know right now that's probably the farthest thing from your mind. You're still out there looking for the latest, you know, whatever, Cabbage Patch doll, you know, that's that's out there. You know, there's always something that's really hot that you got to have for your kid or whatever. And and that's where we, as I was, we've been talking about, we get away from the sacredness of Christian, uh, Christianity, uh, Christianity and Christmas and get into the secular of Christmas. P.I. Roofing wants to help you out. Go to uh, visit them at piroofing.com. Tradition. to say anymore <laughs> it was said so well in fiddler on the roof it was i mean they they pointed it out as clearly as they possibly right. could mm-hmm. all right but you want to know what in the christian church there's a lot of tradition a lot, of tradition. Oh, yeah. a lot. and and you know what you don't even know mm-hmm. it's tradition mm-hmm. i mean why do you put it some i mean here's a story for you putting a, a sheet over uh uh, the wine and the bread for the Last Supper. Why you do that? Mm. All right. My grandfather would tell you in his church it was keep the flies off of the wine and the bread. Right. That's why. <laughs> when they tried to stop doing it because they didn't need to do it anymore, 
the people had made up all kinds of mm-hmm. illustrations in their minds. Oh, well, that's the burial cross of Christ, yeah. you know, and on and on. And it had nothing yeah. to do with that. Yeah, right. It was to keep the flies mm-hmm. off of uh, the elements. Yep. So uh, make sure what you believe is worthy to be believed. Absolutely. And you know what? If it's in the Bible, it's worthy to be believed. But there's people who have twisted it mm-hmm. and made it something else. Having a, I was having a discussion with somebody. I won't say who because I want them to remain anonymous. I want to be able to live at the house. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we start we start talking about. It. Now you understand that you know that that Jesus was in you know he was in a manger and yes he was he was in a, kind of a barn area but he wasn't in a traditional barn i mean it's not like uh, all the animals were defecating around him and all this other stuff and to look on the other person's face yeah or what yeah the bible says that they were there was no room at the inn, and they begged uh, the innkeeper to have a place and all he they had was the barn i said yeah but what was the barn Mm -hmm. you know so I'm going to turn it over to you. We're going to break some traditions here today, mm-hmm. all right? You're going to hear it from the Hebraic side, yeah, not from the Christian side. And look, Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. That's right. He came to make the Jewish religion complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the completeness was now he was the ultimate sacrifice. Right. No more sacrifice was necessary. Mm-hmm. Now I made all my Jewish friends upset. <laughs> but the bottom, line, <laughs> the bottom line is this, all right? Some of the things that you do on Christmas, you think that they're religious and they're not. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just not. I mean, I like to go up to Branson and see their Christmas program. Sure. But let me tell you what, it all didn't happen on one day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It didn't. The, the three kings weren't there all on the same day. Right. right. Didn't yeah. happen that way. So this historically, we know, we know that it didn't happen. But let's talk about Christ had to be born in a manger. I mean, that was part of the prophecy that he had to fulfill. Talk about that, Steve. Scott. No, Scott. Okay. Uh, I looked at Scott yeah, I, I said, Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, whenever the... Um, uh, whenever the angels are are telling uh, the shepherds, first of all, we, we know that the angels appeared to the um, to the shepherds. And uh, all right, now are those the shepherds all over Israel? No, no, and that's and that's a significant part. You see, the um, the shepherds that were out in the fields and buying their flock by night this these were not ordinary ragamuffin uh, shepherds. Um, there was a particular um, area in um, in Bethlehem called uh, the shepherd's field in this particular area um well let me back up i think most people know that that sheep or lambs were offered as sacrifice in the temple on a regular basis uh, but what most people don't know is that you couldn't uh if you've been to jerusalem there's not any pasture land in jerusalem to to actually take care of sheep so there's a place that was actually designated to raise sheep that were supposed to be ritually pure for sacrifice and all right was a, why don't you stop there because we're running out of time. Okay. All right. We're going to pick this back up. This is one of the parts of the story of the differences between the truth of the Hebraic Christmas and, and I'll say it that way, and the Christian church's Christmas. 
When's the last time you heard that taught to you? And what what Scott just told you? It's well known amongst Jews, but not so well non- known among uh, Christians. So let's get back to the real Christmas here, and we'll talk further about it. Bill O'Reilly's coming up, and then, you know, he's known for telling the truth. Well, so's my show. We're going to talk about the truth about this, and I don't want it to make, it shouldn't make your Christmas any less. It should make it a whole lot more. Tradition. All right, from Fiddler on the Roof. <coughs> Great play. Being yeah. sung by uh, Zero Mustel. Was not that the gentleman who played the uh, the lead role? Oh, that was uh, a guy named um, um, Topol. Topol, that's mm-hmm. right. Topol, Topol was that. As a matter of fact, they're actually, they're actually playing uh, Fiddler on the Roof for two or three days at the Robinson Auditorium in January. Oh, okay. yeah. Yes, it's good. Yeah. I might want to go see it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great it's a great musical mm. and it shows what the Jewish people have gone through. Yeah. The pogrom and the whole nine yards. Yeah, in Russia. All right. So let's get back to what we were talking about. Yep. All right. Steve told me to tell you to get a piece of paper and a pencil. All right, that's what you need to do. In just a few moments we're going to give you some biblical verses that will prove what we're saying on the air today. All right, we want you we want you to be able to how how's the Bible put it that you should be able to worship in truth spirit and truth mm-hmm. in spirit, spirit and truth. And truth. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we want you to be able to worship that well. Are you willing to test what you believe against the Bible? I hope so. I mean, as a believer, because look, if if you're willing to just accept a a lot of tradition stuff, then how do you know that it's not just tradition that Jesus was the way, the truth and the life? Mm. Well, there are a lot of people these days who believe that. I know. I mean, I under, I understand. So I know that you didn't know this. A lot of you, I didn't know it until just a couple of years ago. Uh, Scott has been very patient with me. (laughs) He's at, you answered a lot of questions, haven't you? Uh, A few. Yeah, just a few. and uh, But I think I got a little bit more of a better grip on all of this than I used to. And I'm just telling you, uh, in the Christian church, we've replaced one tradition at times. Not a tradition, but truth with tradition. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. what we've done. Yep. And I can't live with that anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's the, it's the thing that Jesus picked on the Pharisees for continuously, right? You have God's law, and yet you chose to replace it with man's tradition. So I'm always a little, always give traditions a, a double look before I'm willing to participate. Yeah. So. Okay. so with that, there was a field. Yes. Now, there wasn't so. a lot of just uh, agricultural land hanging around in Israel. Jerusalem. Yeah. And in, in Jerusalem specifically. So they had a specific area yes. that these sheep were raised that were spotless. Amen. Okay. So this is a story, of course, of the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And the when the um, regarding back to this Christmas story, there was a place in uh, outside of Bethlehem uh, that the sheep that were ordained for sacrifice were raised, and the shepherds who tended them 
weren't regular shepherds because you needed certain type of shepherds to tend sheep that would need to be raised ceremonially pure because they have to know the law right these were these were priestly shepherds there's a verse of scripture actually in the christmas story as it were in matthew and it quotes and it says uh but to you they say let's go to bethlehem um it says in bethlehem of judea for thus it is written this is referring to where messiah will be born and then it quotes it says but to you bethlehem in the land of judea uh, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. They're quoting from Micah chapter 2. And the entire verse actually says Bethlehem Ephrata, which is an area of Bethlehem. And it says uh, unto you it shall come uh, even the first dominion whose going forth was from everlasting even from uh, time immemorial or something to that effect. I can't quote it exactly. So when you when you look at this, um, you see that there is something going to happen in Bethlehem, and in Bethlehem is a place called, um, actually it says in Micah, it says, unto you, O tower of the flock. And then it mentions being in Bethlehem where the tower of the flock is where uh, the Messiah will be born. Uh, and um, and this tower of the flock exists in the field area where the shepherds were tending the sheep that were made for, for sacrifice. And so what would happen is whenever lambing season would come, the priestly shepherds would take sheep that were being born for sacrifice, and they would take them into what is known as a tower of the flock. They would the, the, the sheep would give birth there, and they would, to make sure the sheep did not damage themselves, because remember, if the sheep was cut or nicked or hurt, it couldn't be sacrificed. So right. when, the, when the sheep was born, they would immediately wrap the sheep in a cloth, to make sure that when it stood up on its legs, it wouldn't wobble and fall over. They protected it until, for a few hours until it got strong enough, then it could stand up. And these clothes that they would wrap the the, the, uh, the sheep in were actually uh, old priestly garments. So when the priest's garments were no longer usable by the priest, they would take them and they would cut them into cloths, and they would use them to wrap the sheep that were prepared for sacrifice. So the sheep were wrapped in priestly clothes. And these priestly clothes were known as swaddling clothes. So you get the imagery here. So Jesus goes. There's not a place for them in the inn, and they're sent to a place called the Tower of the Flock, which is where uh, sheep were always born, but they were born in a ceremonially clean place, as you said, not with dung everywhere, but ceremonially clean, and the baby would be wrapped in the priestly swaddling clothes. So when the angel appeared in the heavens and said, you'll find the babe um, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger, all the priestly shepherds knew exactly what the angel said. Oh, He's wrapped in the priestly clothes in the manger. He's in the tower it's of the flock. It's the Savior. And so they went there, and they found the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world, wrapped in ceremonially clean, swaddling clothes, priestly garments, ready for Since sacrifice. Since they understood the prophecies. Yes, of course they did. They understood this was Messiah. That's right. They did. They did. You would be born unto you in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And they understood exactly what that was all about. Right, they would have said Messiah, yeah. Adonai, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. When they would have said, they would have completely understood the Messiah has been born. Right. Yeah. They they didn't and, understand that he was. I mean, Jesus. Just think about it. If if this was just a uh, a general stable, well, guess what? Almost everybody in Bethlehem had a stable. Right. And that's what I'm everybody saying. Everybody had a donkey, a horse, something. And so how many stables would they have to go look in to find it? They would have had to search hundreds and hundreds of places. No, they knew exactly where to go because when the angel said, you'll find him wrapped in, bam, swaddling clothes. 
That was the key. They knew where he was going to be at. Okay, so let us roll back the Christian version of what's happening. Right. Okay. They show up. There's no place for them to lay down their heads and get rest. Right. Mary's ready to give birth. Yeah. He talks to uh, somebody who owns some place. Who's he talking to? Joseph. Oh, Joseph. He's talking to, to the innkeeper. Um, but when the innkeeper says, you know, we don't have, we don't have any place here. He doesn't just point around to this, this rickety barn in the back and say, well, you can go, go back there. Cause that's how people kind of see it. Right. The, you have to remember the place that he was going to be born. He, who he was, he was not going to be born in that, in that condition. So, uh, he sent to the, sent the, to the tower of the flock. We don't see that necessarily in the, uh, as clearly in the text as what we should, but you have to. You have to bring the story into the culture of the day. That's what I'm trying to do right yeah. now. So people really understand what was happening at that right. time. Yeah. They're, they're sent to a special place. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll, I'll try to find It's not to say that the innkeeper verse. understood it was the Messiah that he was no, helping. No. He, I would say, would be like any other person. Well, I don't want to just put him in some old dingy barn. Where where, where I well, send, yeah, him, actually, actually, send the, him over there. And beyond that, they would they would attempt to... Uh, prevent a child from being born in what are, if it was just a regular old barn, barn full of animals and what animals bring with them, you, that would also be ceremonially unclean, right? Right. You're not going to you're not going to send what is potentially the birth of a son of Israel into a a room that is starts off ceremonially unclean. They mm-hmm. just wouldn't do that. Okay. Because actually, the the verse actually says I'm looking for it here. It actually says um um it says um right. All right, we uh, got to get a break. Yeah. I'll let you look for it while we're okay. we're going to get a break. Uh, Steve is making a list of all the Bible verses. We're going to get this ready for you. And when I when I have it for you, I'm going to let you know about it. And I'll let you know on my my uh, my Facebook and everything else. And so you can go verse by verse and see how and what was really happening to meet all of the prophecies that Christ meant met as the Messiah. I mean, at this point now, we're at a very good point where we can say, this is for Christian and Jew. <laughs> Be honest with you. This is for Christian and Jew. For you who are Jewish and don't believe Jesus who he said he was, we'll show you who he, was, who he said he was because he met all the prophecies so you stick with us we got more to talk about here on the dave ellswick show isn't it great to get the truth that's it that's the key here the truth so you know exactly for the as best we can what would what was the historical record Amen. that occurred here and it's given to us in the bible all right three thousand cavanaugh boulevard that's not a stable that's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, and that's where you go visit Eric. And you still got a few days. He's got a lot of great stuff in his display cases. And you can pick up uh, something, a nice shiny uh, bauble that sparkles and stuff and make that other person in your life feel special. That's what it's all about as far as jewelry goes. 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard right here in Little Rock, Suite E. Uh, they open at 10. Uh, they're open at 10 o'clock every day, Monday through Saturday. They are not open on Sunday. Uh, if you would like to talk to Eric and maybe set up a time specifically to sit down and talk with him, here's the number, 
1-800-545-5555. All right, back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. I was just talking about, you know, how a Jewish person must, and, and it, the truth of it is Christ did die on the cross, but, you know, we walk around with our crosses on and stuff, and Lenny Bruce used to say, who was a, a Jew, he was nowhere near being a, a devout Jew or anything like that, said, yeah, I'm just glad that they didn't do it by electric chair. Yeah. You know, and you get to have all these Christians walking around with an electric chair around their necks. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. All right. Yeah. That's not me. That's Lenny Bruce. Just yeah. quoting, quoting from yeah. I read a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Just so, you know, let's get back yeah. to talking about what we're doing. Okay. So Mary and Joseph came about 70 miles. We just did some uh, checking from Nazareth to uh, Bethlehem. Yeah. She is going to give birth at any moment. Mm-hmm. She's ridden on a donkey. I can't imagine being a woman in labor and riding on a, uh, a, a donkey. Steve said, yeah, there's a meme out of Joseph talking to Mary the night of Jesus' birth and saying, I know, I know, I should have made a reservation. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. But anyway, uh, Anyway, the bottom line is they get to Bethlehem. There's no room at the inn. That's right. I guess there's only one, you know, holiday inn there. Yeah, Bethlehem was a was a small uh, a small place. But there, I mentioned before about uh, you know maybe what the innkeeper said. But there's no there's no, nothing in the Bible that actually talks about a conversation. It just says that that she she brought forth her son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. So there's no indication of a conversation. There's an assumption, but there's not any. Um, yeah, they got they got there late, man, yeah. and everybody had and had everybody room. who was born from there was returning from there. So right. the city is probably swelled up five times its regular residence size. Well, and this, and they, they this, weren't moving at the fastest speed, right? Yeah. Yeah. she's pregnant. So, and let's take this now and show how important it is that we remember this, because later on, Harold Herod does something, mm-hmm. and it's really important that this all goes together, mm-hmm. right? That's why it's important to know the story, mm-hmm. the yeah. real story. Yeah. All right. Because Herod, Herod said, I want you to kill every kid that's what, under two? Yeah, two, two years old. Two years old. Yeah. Because yeah. he knew when it happened. So it's not like they looked, they knew what they were looking for. That's yeah. right. That's right. Just so you know. But anyway, let's continue on. I'll let you pick up. No. So, um, so of course, um, once the, uh, once the shepherds had, um, had heard the angels again. These are priestly shepherds hearing directions. They knew exactly where to go to look for the for the particular uh, uh, the Messiah, the baby, the King. Um, because as I said before, there have been there have been mangers or uh, stables um, everywhere uh, throughout the entire city, but they didn't rummage through every house. They knew exactly where to go because of the direction of the angel, and that brings into context of of the uh, of the scripture. Micah tells us that Messiah will be born in in Bethlehem. So, if you that eliminates a lot of people from being the candidate for Messiah, you have to be born there. That's the city of David. That's where David was born. And so, uh, yeah. All right. Now we're up to the birth. All right. So Mary has she has the Messiah, Yeshua. All right. Not Jesus. That name is not true. It's Yeshua. Let's call him by his real name, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I, I'm the Harry Carey of talk show hosts. All right, I mispronounce people's names all the t- all the time. Uh, 
but I know it was Yeshua and it wasn't Jesus because you've gone into this before. There was no such thing as a J. Yeah, no J in the English at that alphabet. time. Yeah. So with that in mind, Yeshua is born. Now let's talk about some of the other big things they have. We got about five minutes here. The shepherds show up. All right. So how many shepherds might there have been? Any idea? No, I don't know. They just know that they showed up. Mm -hmm. It could have been a whole bunch of them. And there was this big celestial event that went on because the angels appeared and it was a big enough event that everybody took notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The shepherds took notice. Now, I don't know about the people in the town. Yeah. Well, the shepherd's field is far enough away from the town that it would have been. The people from the town may have seen something in the sky. But if it's a totally spiritual event, these shepherds probably just had their spirit eyes open and they saw into the spirit realm. Uh, but it was far enough away from town that it would not. And it's very hilly, so they probably wouldn't have seen it from the city. You know what's crazy about that? Is that you think about the shepherds understood who the Messiah was, but the angels didn't understand why the Messiah loved man the way he did. Mm. Yeah. They can't understand that. Mm-hmm. It says the Bible says that. Mm-hmm. We don't understand why you love this this creation. Let me, uh, yeah. let me give this okay. timetable. Okay. okay. Here, we're going we're gonna to give you some Bible verses and stuff so you can do this. We need to put a book together. Wow. What to really teach your kids about Christmas. <laughs> I'm nope. just saying it would be a great book. Yeah, it would yeah, be a great book. It would. It's gonna, go ahead. Okay. So it, it's, you got to put together a couple of places. First, you've got to go to Luke 1, and because this is where everything starts. And this is where the angel showed up to Zacharias and began to tell him. Right, But there's a key thing that nobody ever catches and it says that the angel appeared to Zacharias when he was in the time of his order, which was the order of Abiyah. And you go, well, what does that mean? Well, you got to go to First Chronicles chapter 24. And what that tells us is when this happened. And the, the order of Abiyah was the eighth order. And, and, and again, you got to go to first, just read all of Luke 1 and then read First Chronicles 24 chapter 10. And when he showed up, this eighth order would have been, since the beginning of the year starts around, I'm going to use simple time, the 1st of April. This would have been at the end of July when the angel would have showed up. About the second week of July is when he would have showed up to uh, Zacharias to say, hey, you're going to have a son. And it was going to be the birth of John the Baptist, right? All right. So then at the end of it, he leaves. And then Mary, I'm sorry, Mary, then Elizabeth conceives. This is the only thing that we have to assume. Everything else is dated. We have to assume that right after his order, they conceived the child. That's the only thing of assumption. And so that would have been in the first week of August. And then that would have been her first month. And then if you go to uh, Luke one twenty six, it says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel went to Mary and said, hey, your cousin who's in her sixth month is with a child. Go to her. So now we establish that time frame, which would have been January the 1st. Because Mary at that time was probably starting to freak out. Well, because she, right. <laughs> she's just saying she's not married and she's pregnant. Right. She, he's being saying, he's saying, now you're going to have the child. And oh, by the way, Elizabeth and her six months go to her. Well, three months later, Elizabeth has her child, which would have been at the end of March, the 1st of April, which is when Passover is. And Jewish tradition says that Elijah was going to come during the time of Passover. Yep. So, Elijah, the spirit of Elijah, John the Baptist, comes when Jewish tradition says he would come. So now, since Mary was in her first month in January, take that nine months later, it takes you to September, right? And what happens in September? 
Tabernacles, the fall feast. That's when all of that stuff begins. So that's the thumbnail. I know we which, have a very short schedule. Beer which makes yeah. John chapter 1 make sense, where he came and tabernacled with. That's John one fourteen. Yep. Thank you. Uh, it actually uses that word, um, and that puts it in its proper context, right? It's not just saying he came to earth to, to dwell with us for a period of time. No, it says he came and tabernacled, which is a very specific word, um, which would point directly at tabernacles. And why is this important? Because the temple it's of Solomon, <laughs> the temple of Solomon was dedicated during tabernacles, mm-hmm, which right. is when the spirit of the Lord fell, right? When the presence of the Lord came, when he tabernacled amongst the second temple was rededicated during the time of tabernacles. Hanukkah was rededicated, not during the time of tabernacles, but in the spirit of tabernacles, meaning eight days as well. All right. I just want you to, I wanted to do this for this reason. I want you to know the truth. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Amen. Wouldn't, isn't it, wouldn't it be great to, to be unshackled from tradition? Right. And understand? Yes. What the truth is? Gets me excited. You going to Amen. be back next week? Uh, that's questionable for me and my whole family. 14 of us have descended upon us, so okay. I might not be able to spell, my, own, uh, spell my name. I will, I will you be, will be here as well. Yep, I'll be traveling. Yeah. Okay. I will be the week after. So the week after, when you guys will get together with me, we'll continue this story. All right? Very good. It's important. It's important. I'm just telling you, this is really important. And I wish most Christian churches would teach it. Because it makes me feel it good. It makes it stronger and it makes your day yeah. stronger. Well, it tells yeah. me, look, this was all prophesied. All planned. And God he met it all. every, how many prophecies oh, were there about, about? At least 70 or 80. Some okay. will say more than that, but yeah. at least. And he met every one of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he being the son of God. All right. You guys have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I will see you when we get back together second week uh, in January. Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. We've got news coming your way. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 